You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Recorded live. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Cook Speak. It is Sunday. It is Sunday, right, Karen? It is Sunday. Thank you for that. Beautiful Sunday, actually. All right. Sunday, April the 19th, 2015, they tell me. And uh, I want to welcome my special guest today. My special guest today is restaurant broker Terry Miklos from Sofranco Corporation, correct? Absolutely. Sofranco Advisory Group. Sofranco Advisory Group. Ron Sofranco. Ron Sofranco, yep. Uh, welcome to Cook's Feet. Oh, thank you for having me. Cool. And uh, first up, what does a restaurant broker do? A restaurant broker. Well, what a restaurant broker does is help um, an individual to sell their restaurant business. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a thriving business. They're doing well. They, they evaluate the business. You sell the assets. You market it for them. Um, we also help people find restaurant space. So say you have a certain concept that you want, you need uh, a certain neighborhood, a certain square footage, mm-hmm. um, different attributes about that business. We help you find that space. Mm-hmm. You say square footage. Is that determined by the population of the neighborhood or is there a formula for that at all? Well, no, no. It just depends. Um, some people want, you know, a huge 6,500 square foot facility, big restaurant, big huge bar. Some people want 2,000 square foot, little cafe. Right. Um, so it just depends on what kind of concept they've developed and, you know, from a, a breakfast lunch joint to a full-fledged restaurant bar, uh, square footage often, you know, that's your restaurant office place. Mm. Well, when a, uh, a client tells you they want to open a restaurant, what are the first couple things you tell <laughs> Well, as we just discussed, we actually just ask the question, you know, are, are you ready for this business? Um, and when you say ready, <laughs> what exactly? Well, I, I have never personally been a restaurant operator, but my business partner, Ron Franco, has um, operated many restaurants mm-hmm. over over his career. Um, and I've also, I have many restaurants for my clients. So, mm-hmm. so the work that goes into operating a restaurant um, on a daily basis and making it successful is not for everyone. Um, it is long days, long hours, very high stress. Um, so we ask them, you know, are you okay with this kind of lifestyle? You know, if you like the nine to five, it's probably not for you. Right. Yeah, that's that's out pretty yeah, much. Exactly. Pretty much. Uh, what if they have no restaurant experience? If they don't have any restaurant experience, um, there's a couple of things that we look at um, or we advise. And is, you know, restaurant experience is good, but also running a restaurant is still a business. So if you have some business experience and you have the opportunity to learn. Um, Ron does a great job of providing consulting where he will teach them about the restaurant business. And he actually has a lot of clients that are ex-Times guys or Coca-Cola that have been corporate their entire life. Um, He's done very well and they're like, I'm done, I'm done with corporate life, I want to open a restaurant. Um, And we find them to be very successful because they have that business attitude and the ability to learn That's how huge. to run a restaurant. But it always is very good if you do have the restaurant experience. Mm. If you don't have either of those things, it's kind of tough, but, um, you know, the business knowledge or restaurant experience, you know, and typically the ability to learn the other mm-hmm. is a good combination. Why do, why do you think some people just think it's easy? I mean, it's just, well, it's just cook some food and <laughs> I can cook with the problem. Right. Yeah, yeah, they do think it's pretty easy. And actually, I was laughing uh, because we were, I was out with one of my friends, and he, he said, you know, I want to open up a restaurant. I'm going to invite all my friends over, and I'm going to give them drinks. And I'm like, well, you know, you should never open up a restaurant. Then. Please don't do it because you will fail. Um, you know, I just don't think that they understand. Because, you know, you go to a restaurant, you see, you know, you're there with your friends, all you get served, your food comes out, your drinks come out. But they don't know what goes on behind the scenes to make that actually happen. Uh, Thank God. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it's just, you know, really, I think, you know, some of the Food Network shows and the the, the new shows are on, are, do give people now an inclination of, of, of yeah. what it takes to do it behind the scenes. But the realities. Yeah. Well, even though they're a little bit, you know, they're, they're a little bit uh, 
skewed, but, uh, you know, I think that they, they at least provide some light to the general public about what it mm. And um, I want, one of my favorite uh, things is when you hear that, you know, so-and-so wants to open a restaurant, and uh, and they, they really have very little or no experience, you know, in the business and those things. They say, well, I know a lot of people, mm-hmm. and I'm, and I always say, well, they better love you. <laughs> they better be at your place every night with all of their friends spending big money. Right. That's what's going to take. Right. And I know a lot of people. The Pope knows a lot of people, too, but he ain't opening no restaurant. Get his pizza delivered. Right. Yeah. Open up, knowing a lot of people is not going to provide bad. success, especially over the long haul. I mean, you, you know, buzz is good out the gate. You know, you can create that, get people coming to your restaurant, but you need to keep them coming back you know, over the long haul. So that takes a lot more than just knowing people. You have to have a really great product um, to get people coming back. Also, I read uh, some on your blog, you were talking about some signs uh, uh, about different things about restaurants, of course. And I, I love the one the question you asked, does your restaurant have an identity? That's huge, isn't it? Yeah, it's my, my personal biggest pet peeve is whenever I'm confused by a restaurant. Like, right. What are you offering? Like I would say, that, like I was at a restaurant the other day, and it's an Italian restaurant, and they had egg rolls on the menu, and, and it just really confused me. I was like, really? Yeah, as an appetizer, and I'm like, what are you trying to do here? You know, who are you? We call it spring rolls. Yeah, <laughs> give it something. But yeah, I mean, I really do think that a lot of the problems, and I think a lot of the restaurants that you see, um, that will not survive in this new environment are those who haven't clearly defined what type of restaurant they are. Um, so people know what they're getting when they go there. Mm-hmm. If, if I don't know what I'm getting, you know, like before I go through the door, I won't go there because it's just confusing. Or you go there and have um, this huge menu of all of these uh, options that are multiple pages, and you're just exhausted by the time you get through the menu, you don't even know what to order. Right. Um, and that mistake is made over and over, and it I still drives me crazy. I don't know why. People don't get that. Yeah. Big mistake. And, uh, and it, one point, one of the one of the restaurants that um, <clears throat> recently sold, the the owner was talking about how his menu, like before he sold it, he was looking to reevaluate his menu and redesign it. Um, but he had egg salad on there. He had egg salad on there, and he's like, I have one customer who likes this egg salad sandwich. But he kept it on the menu for this one customer because right. he was very afraid of making this one customer mad. But, you know, it was, wow. and then his menu became so convoluted that he just had, like, a salad with all these different items, and it just didn't make sense. That's kind so of please we're, everybody. Yeah, you can't Never do works. it. No, you can't be everything to everyone. You need to just figure out what your target market is, what your product is, and be the best at that particular product, um, and I think you'll be success. Mm-hmm. You also mentioned some things to avoid these mistake type of uh, items there. For instance, yeah, I think the number one was lack, lack of an exit stretch. Mm-hmm. Another big. Yeah, so, so a lot of problems that, we, that I see is that um, it's the timing of, of selling your business. So, so what I like to do is I like to maximize the value for my clients. So you hire me to sell your business. I want to I get top dollar for your business. But numbers are numbers, and somebody's not going to pay top dollar if your business is not performing. Um, so you actually get the best value for your business when you sell when you're on top, so when you're doing yeah. really, really well. But the problem is most people don't want to do that. They want to sell whenever they're um, not doing so well, which actually ends up hurting them. And, and so having an, not having an exit, exit strategy can really hurt you when you go to sell your business if you don't do it at the right time and plan for that accordingly. Just don't you have to, going in, like you say, Gonna kind of like detach yourself from that type of stuff and look at the cold hard numbers because let's face it, it that's what it comes down to. It comes down to the numbers sooner or later. It does come down to the numbers, and I mean that's my amount of finance person. That's my background. Um, <clears throat> so there is a lot of emotional attachment to to restaurants by their their owners and. For very good reason, I'm sure they spent countless hours, you know, maybe missed kids' sure. birthdays or whatever to to get this business up and running. Um, so it's completely understandable to have that emotional attachment. But um, 
it really does come down to the numbers. How profitable are you? What is, what is the state of your restaurant? How, what does your kitchen equipment look like? Have you been putting money into keeping it updated? All of those things come into play. And if you don't do that, it will definitely hurt you um, in the end. Yeah, you see through the years, I've worked with some very, I've worked some very smart restaurants, and they will put money back into the business and keep it going, keep it looking good, keep it looking sharp, mm-hmm. and keep it clean, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is just such such an important part of it. It is. And actually, I, I want to do a little bit more marketing on that to the local, you know, community and restaurant stores as far as that exit strategy and and do some work that I know go and meet with them and talk with, you know, they don't even have to hire myself at the restaurant right now, but if they, they need an exit strategy, help them plan for that. If it's three years down the road that they want to sell it five years down the road, and put that together. Because they're so busy just putting, you know, the yeah. day-to-day, it's mm-hmm. really hard for them to think about three, five years down the road whenever they're just thinking about, you know, getting through service tonight and making yeah. sure that that's spot on. So. Yeah, but you have to look at that three, five years down the line because before you know it, luckily, hopefully, you'll still be open. Right. But to get to even get to that point, you have to do those things. You know, getting absolutely. Wow. Um, have you ever do, do customers or clients ever ask you uh, about the naming of a restaurant? Does that come into play? Because that can be a critical part of uh, a restaurant too. Have they have ever gotten? Uh, yeah, about that. yeah, definitely. Um, Ron, who I work with, actually does a little bit more of that. So he does a little bit more of the uh, concept development part of it based on his experience. Mm-hmm. And, and um, that's from um, from the name, what does it look like, what is your color scheme, all of that plays into, you know, how you present yourself and what you want to be known as and, and how your product is delivered. So a name can be very, you know, important, actually, Um and, and, you know, it's hard. It's actually hard to be, because that's your, you know, that's the name. People are going to know because if you make a wrong decision, um, you know, you can always change it. Actually, I think there's, there's a couple of places that have changed names a couple of times that you think they're a new place, and all they mm-hmm. did was just change their name. Yeah. 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 Some of them, it's, it's a good idea if they change the name. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe someone else owns it, maybe. Exactly. You know, but, uh, yeah, but I, it's just amazing sometimes you'll see a name and like what, it's very confusing. Right. And I like short. I like usually one word, one or two words. My opinion are usually good. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to remember, especially now in this digital age where yeah. on Twitter and Facebook and everything. And if it's something that sounds like something else, and it's like, was that the same place or is that you know, the same name? What is that? That's a very good point. You, you want choosing a name. You want to, it to be clear what you're what you're offering. So exactly. don't, you know, even though you may want to be cute and being clever and Forget that. yeah, just it's easier. You're right. Just we're kind of in this, you know, information overload age on Twitter and Instagram and all that. You know, just it's something that people feel like, yes, I know what that is, exactly. and that's the place I want to go. Right. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I read about, oh, this chef's going to open this place, this chef's going to open that place, or someone owned a bar going to open this place, and then they'll, they'll say the name, and then the name just. <laughs> and then they start talking about some mythological creature or something, yeah. and, the, and the, the the myths of uh, Scotland or something. I'm like, come on, buddy. You know, this is your money. This is your life. Right. Pick something short and sweet, to the point, descriptive. Not not if you have to explain it, no good. It's like a joke. Right. right? If you got to explain the joke. You got to explain the restaurant name. It's usually a bad idea. It is a bad idea, and that goes back to the whole restaurant identity. It all should be clear, concise. Um, yeah, everyone needs to know exactly what you're offering. Hmm. I remember there was one restaurant, Shady's, that's probably at least 25 years ago, and it was in the Hartwell building, I believe. I never heard of the Hartwell building. And at the time, I lived at Shady's. Right? I'm like, okay, well, I'm on the north side. So, what do I so uh, I mean, this really rich guy, super rich guy, was opening. like, I want to open a restaurant. Mm. And, and, and he, he called it, I think it was called Clearwell at the Hartwell. Okay, yeah, that kind of sounds like a... Maybe it was clear water, something. Uh, but it was it was like a prepositional phrase tacked on to a, a gerund or something. Sounds like a wellness center. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was yeah. like, total train <laughs> on the bottom. But, yeah, well, they were talking, oh, the history of the building. And, uh, when Mr. Frick bought it in 1903, he said, no, you don't need that before they order the fried you know, potato skin. That's not really, you know, uh, necessary. Alfresco dining in Pittsburgh. Let's talk about Pittsburgh restaurants and uh, dining outside and uh, oh, different yeah. spots in neighborhoods. Oh, dining outside is like huge. I mean, 
as, as I, you know, before we started the show, we're talking about it, that, you know, every new concept and every new space they go into, I mean, that's one of the first questions um, that a potential tenant has about a space is how can I do outdoor dining? Can I open up these windows? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just a must um, in this particular area. Um, you know, I think uh, Vienna, the Mercado down on Penn Avenue, is yeah, kind, of yeah, kind of taking it to a whole new level that everyone's trying to, to keep up with it, up with that amazing um, rooftop. I actually used to live right next to it. Oh, um, wow, yeah. yeah, so. Um, I hear it's great. It is. Uh, yeah, you got to go. It's actually quite beautiful. And I know his food's good. Food's always tremendous. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a very, um, it's one of the top spots here. Um, there are a couple great little places. Like, I love the back patio of uh, Il Piolo in Mount Lebanon. It's just oh, a really yeah. nice, quaint little place. You know, it's a little bit more um, intimate, mm-hmm. but uh, it's really a nice place. how many seats would you say? Uh, I'll, say, I'll say probably about 20 or 30. Yeah, it's a nice summer. Yeah, it is nice. And a little water fountain. I think a little lemon tree. I mean, wow. it's just really, really nice experience. Um, that actually is probably my favorite outdoor dining. Uh, I do like going down to the square, you know, the Ilti Villa down there and Sienna mm-hmm. down there. I just, I'm kind of on those two restaurants, but um, sitting outside, you know, on like a Friday evening oh, and just gosh. watching, yeah, watching all the uh, foot traffic go by is one of my favorite things right. to do. Yeah, you get a nice mix of people going to a ball game, going to the theater, yeah. going to the Penguin game or something, and it's and especially when you consider what Market Square used to be yeah. and where it is now. I mean, I, I thought they would improve it, but the, the job they did on it was just incredible. I get called all the time. Do you have any Market Square space? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely all the time. Uh, but, you know, it's really kind of at its max capacity. There's maybe like one or two spaces left that are in that area that are probably actually very soon to be no longer on the market. But, yeah, it's really just very hot around that area with the new PNC Tower. There's just a lot going on. Yeah, it's fantastic, really. So the commoner, too, is lucky. Uh, Dennis is chef of the commoner, and he gave us a little tip that... And I Dennis Merritt. Yeah, about the, the... And I think it was in the paper here that they're doing their job at, uh, at Monica. So right, that's very right, exciting. Right. Um, I think everyone's good. Yeah. yeah, I had dinner there recently. Really good. Yeah, it's really great. Fun. He does a great job. And I had a short rib pot pie. Yeah, it was really good stuff. And a beautiful restaurant, too. Yeah, the, the design, design in that is, wow. is amazing. really they, like that. Yeah, they really did a good job whenever they had all the details of that place. Mm-hmm. I wanted to tour the kitchen, too. Maybe if I meet the chef, I can tour the, tour the kitchen. Me, too. Maybe we can yeah, arrange like that. To, <laughs> I like to you know, get a sneak peek, especially a new kitchen. You know, you see, like, new toys to me. It's like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the, well, the whole downtown scene, now with, uh, mm-hmm. of course, you know, after the the Benetum, the Benetum, and uh, all the theaters in the cultural district, and the restaurants. It's just, just the way it's all come together the last few years. It's really incredible. It is quite amazing. And like I said, I used to live down on Penn Avenue, actually, like right above the beach. And whenever I moved in uh, a few years ago, the only thing was down there, there was just Beach Sonoma, Meat Potatoes was down there. Um, and they were still redoing, they were still doing the square. So they were yeah. working on the square. But then all of a sudden it was like left and right, Penny pops up, they have a butcher in the ride, and yeah. all these restaurants, you know, one after Great another. Nice. They're in great. I mean, it just yeah. boomed, which is really cool to see. Um, it really flowed right now. It's just, you know, now that the foot traffic is downtown is, is really incredible where I think, you know, if you talk to people who don't come downtown a lot, they still have the old mentality is there's still not a lot going on downtown. Uh, people uh, leave downtown after 5 o'clock, and that's you, not the case anymore. People are living downtown. They're, they're coming downtown. The grocery store there now, right? The market, the market yeah. yeah. The, yeah, absolutely. Um, I have to get to, to head over that way, but um, it's online, too, which is a, yeah, a right. nice, nice little bonus there. But, yeah, so it's, it's really amazing what has happened, actually. So, so yeah, it, it is incredible. I mean, but Market Square, though, is just, Talk about the Phoenix rising from the ashes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was that was it. I mean, that was just amazing because it used to be bad. Because I worked in town for years. You know? Yeah. And this is bad. It's been a long time since I worked in town. But I probably worked in town about 10, 12 years. And uh, back then, yeah, some some spots were rough. Market Square was probably the roughest spot of all. Absolutely. Now, and, wow. And even over in the East End, where you know we were hanging out last night, is you know people never go to the East End. Of, you know. People would never go there, but what's happening with development over in that area is quite remarkable. Amazing. And all of the great places that are going in is really something cool. 
Yeah. Is it into Livermore, I assume? Actually, that's where I was. Yeah. Bobby was on the show a few months ago. Great yeah. guy. I'm uh, not even better than Bobby. Yeah, Bobby's great. Tremendous. Yeah, he's, he's done a lot of great things. Yeah. And the Livermore what used to be the Waffle Shop. Yes. I don't know if you're familiar with yes. the Waffle Shop. Yes. That's where I used to do the show from for like two and a half years. <laughs> from there, now it's the Livermore, so i got to check that out. Yeah, definitely. He opened up his local room with his next door. Um, oh, yeah, and right. And the Taglio the, the just opened um, with our pizza place right down from it. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, it's, it's really good. What's his name again? Uh, pizza Taglio. Oh, mm-hmm. is it independent, I assume? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. Pizza, i got to check that out. Yeah. Oh, the pizza, you know the pizza scene here in Pittsburgh is, um, oh. you got to be careful when you talk about pizza. And your I know. <laughs> your favorite pizza place. This is quite a uh, heated argument when it's, we talk about pizza. I know, but it, it's, it's tough to make a bad choice. There's so many good spots. So many And I live spots. in Bloomfield. I can't go wrong. I know all the, all the Bloomfield, Lawrenceville, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, but there's there's some good, good place stuff. Creative stuff. Creative, very creative and unique. I mean, it just it keeps the bar being, you know, elevated, which is really, really crazy. I, I love it. Um, one thing that I would like to see, though, is a little bit more of a, a bar on the service. You know, the food itself, you know, is, is amazing, and, and they're doing a great job. But I do feel like the service um, needs to come along with that as far as sophistication of servers and bartenders. As some of them are doing it, they're doing it quite well. Um, others, they, they need to step it up because it's the whole experience. It's not just yeah. the food. It's, it's not just the ambiance, not just the service. It's the whole package. And I know for me, when I go out and, and if the service is bad, I'm probably not going back. Now, if it's, you know, okay, I'll give them another shot. Yeah. If it's outright bad, I'm most likely not going back. Or if I, if I do go back, it's going to be a while until they get it together. I agree with you. I think a good service will save a, you know, a bad dinner. Oh, yeah. But it, it's really hard to save bad service. I, I am 100% in agreement with you. I don't think there's any excuse for bad service. Um, I said, I do have experience. I, yeah, I, I've been mm-hmm. bartender for a number of years. Um, tough job. And, I was, and it is a tough job. But, you know, just saying, you know, people will be responsive. You're like, I'm sorry, your meal is, you know, it's going to be a little bit longer than expected. Just like, there are just little things that you can do. Sure. Um, make sure the tables are clean. Your, you know, water glasses are filled. Just acknowledge the details. People. Acknowledge them. Yeah. Like sometimes I, I may be like sitting off to the side or whatever, or leaving the restaurant or whatever, and I'll see the, the hostess stand, host, hostess stand, and then you'll see people coming up, and then the person who's the host or hostess either sometimes on their phone or talking to another employee. And the, the people, the customer, the paying customer, or like they like, restaurants like to call them now, guests, yeah. okay, are just standing there and they're pretty much invisible to them. And it just drives you crazy. It's true. And the fact that, I mean, sign-out isn't cheap. You know what I mean? The prices are, you know, can go up. So, you know, people are coming, they're spending a lot of money. Um, all of those details, including the service, they need to be there. Yeah. Or, you know, they're going to go somewhere else that, that is doing it right. No doubt. And I, I know on, on the restaurant, <laughs> what I've seen through the years from some places is that uh, some places they just won't train service staff like they used to. Mm-hmm. It's more like, okay, well, basically you're going to show up. Okay, here's your uh, uniform and here's your uh, here's how I do the computer. Mm-hmm. But as the, the interaction with, with the paying customers, uh, there's very little or not as much, nowhere near as much training as used to be, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. And just, you know, having people uh, just, oh, they showed up, uh, put them on the floor. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, just want a body to keep it yeah. moving. Yeah, but that's, that's not good enough. <laughs> I agree, because especially with, uh, as I said, with the competition being so fierce out there, mm-hmm. people up in places all the time, uh, you got you to gotta be on it. Mm-hmm. Want to talk a little food TV? Sure. Okay. Do you watch uh, some of... Uh, do you have a favorite one and a least favorite one, something like that? Or? You know, I actually, I really don't watch them all that much. I mean, I'll catch them. I actually don't watch TV mm-hmm. in general all that much. But I, I will I will um, watch the, the restaurant shows. Yeah, like, yeah I, I will. But the Bar Rescue makes me a little crazy. The guy, I think, is a, a little bit over the top. But, yeah, a little um, bit, yeah. But it's still good. I, I tell you, like, in all honesty, my kind of secret guilty pleasure is Triple G, the guy here. I know, like, like I know a lot of people hate him, but like, I'm, I just, I'm so envious of this guy just driving around in this convertible eating food. I mean, granted, I'm better off with a cartoon. <laughs> like a cartoon. It is. 
it's such a character. So. Yeah, definitely. But I just find it so intriguing. And some of the places on there are actually, look, you know, are a pretty good places. Some of them, you yeah, know, well, I probably think, wouldn't eat their food. But, I think that's part of the charm of the show is he realizes that they are the star of that show. Yeah. And his goofy little thing, you know, I, mean, he, I think he knows everybody's rolling their eyes back and they're tipsy. You know? Yeah. I don't think he cares, you know. But I think he, I think he's smart enough, or the producers are remembered, mm-hmm. smart enough to realize that that is the very other star of the show, the, the quirky guy from Louisiana who's doing a cross right. omelet. Or whatever, right? <laughs> right, exactly. He knows he's the star. So I think that that's what helps that show. Yeah, that's a good point. I do see that. Yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. quite entertaining. I'll, 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 I don't want to do a marathon of that. But um, you're still just went to Italy. He's no, like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, is he kidding? Yeah. You know, things, <laughs> And he went back and he said these beautiful uh, villas and sisters and these Italian chefs were the awesome, right? But, I mean, and it was tremendous. Yeah. I mean, some really cool stuff. Definitely. Anthony Bourdain is another one, Bourdain. too. Bourdain. Yeah, I oh, watched yeah. his shows on Love. Netflix. You can't go, you know, can't go wrong with him. He's always entertaining and mm-hmm. intriguing. And, you know, he really does his, I like, I like his show, Raw, it doesn't make sure about anything. Yeah, yeah. He's just, he's that, that New Yorker in him. He'll always, he'll always be there. Exactly. Yeah. Have you ever seen him when he comes to Pittsburgh? He comes out to come No, but I'm going to make a point, time. too. I have to. Yeah, he's definitely one of my favorites, for sure. Poor thing. Yeah. Well, he's been doing shows for a while now. Of course, he's Travel Network, Travel mm-hmm. Channel, I guess. Uh-huh. Travel Channel. Now he's on CNN. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, he's doing some cool stuff with uh, good old Tony Bourdain. And uh, but Bar Rescue, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, Bar Rescue is, is, is so over the top. It's so over the top, yeah. I mean, um, you know, Ron, my business partner, his service, is, does he does, you know, a lot of that work where you kind of, he can go and the client if they need help, you know, improving the profitability. Um, just to look at every cost testing, doing all that kind of stuff. So I do think that there's value, you know, in that type of service. Um, I do think that rescue is a little bit over the top, um, and, and a lot of it is, is, you know, more for entertainment than actual, you know, value. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good show. So I can't watch it all the time. I just kind of the dysfunction too much. is so irresistible. Yeah, the restaurant veteran, you know. Because I'll point to this guy, and they, yeah, I worked with that guy before, you know, like 10 years ago, I worked with that guy, you know, this guy. Maybe they'll have, like, the grizzled veteran, and they'll have <laughs> a young upstart hipster, and it's, yeah. and then just the crazy redneck, you know, who drinks all day by the bar, and it's just, it's just tremendous. Yeah. I, I mean, I actually did read an article the other day that, that actually, I think everyone is getting a little bit turned off by, like, at first, they're having these aggressive people come in and, and yell, and um, what was intriguing, but then there's been a study that they actually needed the breeding stuff to find because they're finding out people are a little bit turned off because they're looking for foster, a little bit of foster. Right. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. Wow, it's amazing. You know, some of those shows, though, are just, just like, you watch some of the competition shows. I mean, I think they've kind of hit the wall on a lot of those. Yeah. I will like the top ones, too. Yeah. And then they do different things. They'll have firefighters against the policemen or whatever mm-hmm. like that. You know, they'll have uh, celebrity chefs do it for a while, you know. But I wonder if, if they got rid of uh, – they haven't read anything about it. They, I haven't seen the big one. No, you know, Iron, Iron uh, Chef. Iron Chef. Uh, so I don't know if they just got rid of it and it's just done. I don't know. I haven't watched that. I mean, I was a big fan of Pop Chef. That was, that was mm-hmm. a yeah, really like great Pop show, um, the Iron Chef. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure I, I haven't really watched that. Yeah, Chop is pretty much the one that, that I'll watch. I think that that's a good show. Yeah, I like that line. Because that, that, I really uh, identify with a lot of the different – types, because they're obviously casting a TV show, mm-hmm. so they have four people on there, so you have, like, the, the hipster person, yeah. you know, the, the miserable old guy, you know, mm-hmm. I, I can do that, or they'll have someone who recently came to America who wants to prove to everybody back home that I made the right decision coming to America, and right. I can do this, so it, it, and then you just have, like, sometimes, my favorite was always just a flat-out jerk, you know, <laughs> yeah. the guy who's just, he's, he's the greatest, yeah, mm-hmm. and how could I possibly lose it? Like right. You know? Right. And just that's always my favorite though. He's just a total jerk, you know. Because you know a lot of restaurants usually have that guy mm-hmm. in, in somewhere, you know. It's like oh, it's this guy. It's like so and so from like 1986, you know, when I work here. So I guess my first question is for you for the shop. You know, you watch it and they end yeah. up pulling off these. You know, in the end, from a chef's perspective, I mean, I'm impressed. Are you impressed? Not, by I, all I'm really. Yeah. I'm, I mean, it's. When you think about it, especially that first round, mm-hmm. see, that's the key to get through that one, if I, if I was going to go on. Because 
20 minutes is no time. It doesn't seem like a lot of time. It is time. <laughs> 30 minutes is but 20 minutes is real, especially if yeah. you're doing some real off-the-wall stuff, you know. But, you know, 20 minutes is tough. But that extra 10 minutes is big, mm-hmm. you know. But I, I love, too, they had this one guy on there. Um, and I am, but most of the time, I am impressed with what they can come up with, you know, very creative stuff. They had this one guy. Maybe you saw the episode probably three or four years ago now. I called him the Fabio Chef. Uh-huh. This guy he was like from Paraguay or something or Bolivia, you know. He had a really cool South American accent, you know. Uh-huh. And he looked like Fabio. You know, the only problem long was long hair and everything. Yeah, he did. He had long hair and everything else. And he was really full of himself. The only problem was he couldn't cook. Right? <laughs> he would have been much better off if he would want to be a model or something or anything besides a chef. Right? Mm-hmm. So he, there, one of the items was chicken. So okay, we, we all know. I think every first grader probably knows that you got to cook the chicken. Right, that's a really, really big thing when it comes to chicken. So this goofball, he's doing all this other like uh, new age molecular or whatever, and he didn't even know how to do that. And he serves raw chicken basically <laughs> to all to all four of them. And they're like, "Well, I'm sorry, but I can't really try this, or you know, or even the other stuff." That's touch the kitchen. Yeah, you can't play around with raw so, chicken. <laughs> and then so basically, he got shot. What are the odds, right? And so his whole. Uh, Farewell speech as he's uh, walking out the walking out the runway in his case, right? He's saying, "Oh, I wish they would have got to see you know what a good chef I am, you know, <laughs> and uh, all of my creative techniques and everything else." And I'm like screaming at the the, the, the TV like Elvis, like ready to shoot the uh, shoot the TV, like just cook the chicken, buddy. Tell us how great. Well, tell us how great you are. Just cook the just chicken. Just cook the chicken. How about we start with cooking the chicken, and then you can tell us how great you are. Oh, it just it just blows my mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes the simplest things on there, and it's just amazing. Like there are warning signs on that show. Like if they ever want to make risotto, mm-hmm. bad move. Yeah, bad move. Don't make risotto. <laughs> Another thing that bugs me on there is when they say, uh, "Oh, I'm going to do a quick braise on something." Yeah, well, that's the whole thing about braising. It takes a long time. Yeah, that moist heat breaks down the meat or whatever. But oh, I'm gonna do a quick phrase you know, for like 35 You're seconds. Like, oh, he's done. <laughs> <laughs> Just scratch him now. Chop him. Chop him out of there now. Oh, brother. And some of the judges can can really. Most of them I like, but some of that Jeffrey Zakarian, he just he just seems too aloof for me. <laughs> way too uh, way too aloof. But uh, it's just such a fun show, though. It you know, is. All the characters show. because because people they just they just kill me. They should have it here. Do a little oh, here. That'd, be that'd be great. Yeah, I'm going to be doing some demos. Maybe I'll do, do that. Have some fun with that. There you That's go. Good idea. But yeah, uh, so you watch Top Chef once in a while, you say? Yeah, I used to. Not so much anymore. Um, I haven't. I usually don't have time. Yeah, sure. I really do watch a whole lot of TV. But uh, yeah, it was a good show, and uh, I think some of them, the, the Top Chef contestants, come come to Pittsburgh. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. With Justin over here, he has Justin Severino. Yeah, some of them. Mike Isabella, I believe. Yeah, yeah. he's from Sinners. Um, so that's that's really good for for Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know, try to check those out. Even a couple of years ago, the Top Chef folks they had I guess they called it like the Top Chef Caravan, mm-hmm. and they basically blocked off some uh, little street uh, between Penn and Smallman here, mm-hmm. and they had I think three or four people from the show who were on there, and they did a bunch of demos and everything. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. It was really fun. Um, another, uh, well, Food Network show is one that I, I've tried to like, but I just can't, I don't get it. The Cutthroat Kitchen one. Oh, yeah, that one's a, And I love Elton Brown. Yeah, I do too. I That's love him. Good Eats was one of the best TV shows uh, about, about food ever on. Yeah, you're right. I'm a big fan of his. That is, it's a little bit ridiculous. Like he slumbered. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did he get out of the contract? I was, uh, I was watching this the other day, and he actually had someone who... They had to sit in like a, a couch and like home in a coffee table and cook their dinner on like a little flat top girl while sitting on the couch. Like, yeah, that's No one's gonna be able to do that, but yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the deal was on that, and that basically replaced so far uh, uh, Iron Chef. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't, well, I, I worked with the guy who was on that show, who was on um, Cutthroat Kitchen, and he, he got. He got whacked in at first. Oh, did he? Yeah. <laughs> too much um, uh, rice, rice wine vinegar. Too much. But uh, now, if someone uh, was going to open a restaurant, mm-hmm. well, well, if you were going to open a restaurant, did you have? Would you have any? What would be in your mind of uh, 
whether it's in Pittsburgh or another city. I mean, say your dream restaurant, mm-hmm. you can just do any and money would be couldn't go crazy, but right. reasonable. Um, I've had this. I went to Charleston uh, oh. recently, and I don't know if you've ever been. But oh, that's great. Oh, my God. John Brock, Chef John Brock. It's such a great town. Mm-hmm. It's just really, I highly recommend it for anyone. But um, of all the restaurants that I went, my favorite place there was a place called Bin 152. And all it was was probably about, I don't know, maybe 50, 50 seat restaurant, um, wine bars. And all they did was wine bar and cheese board. So that was really, you know, you would go in, you'd select your wine. They had a menu um, with different types of cheeses, different types of um, meats and pickled vegetables, and a French baguette. So you would go, yeah. Pickled vegetables. Uh, That's tremendous. It was incredible. You would just sit there, drink your wine, Uh, you know, pick from your cheese. I think it's really great, too, because, you know, you don't have to worry about, like, a whole kitchen. Um staffing was very low. I think they had maybe three people working it from a staffing perspective. Three people, some of these were in the back putting together cheese boards and uh, bringing them out. So brilliant concept. It was great. It was great. So I said, if I was going to, not not that I want to, to do it, but if I was going to, then I think that concept is really great. And that's a place that you would go to, you know, if it was in the right location, mm-hmm. you could probably just, you know, if you want to make a whole night of it, you would go there first and maybe say, yeah, I'm going to have I, my appetite, my wine first, then go I have dinner uh, later. Or, you know, the opposite, if it's late at night and you don't want a full meal, you just want something Works to, either way. to pick on. Yeah, you could go to a place like that. So I think that that would actually do really well here um, in the right location. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That would certainly fit into the East End. Yep. I mean, like, wow. Yep. There you go, guys. Anyway. Right. Take it. I'll, I'll be there all the time. <laughs> Any favorite other uh, restaurant cities that you're a fan of? Um. See, that's my, you know, I, I always kind of like the, uh, <clears throat> the Anacostia when I was just in Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, High Street on Philly was amazing. It was it's right next to the fort uh, over there, which is also a really good restaurant. So I enjoyed my time there. Um, I was in Savannah recently. That was really oh. good as well. And, you know, it's, it's definitely a lot of traditional you know, southern yeah. food, which is really, really good. Have you been to the Outer Banks at all, North Carolina? Yeah, I have. I I struggle with the beaches though. Like mm-hmm. I, I find that from a beach perspective, you're, you're you're better off going to like the local uh, shrimper and you know getting shrimp at you know for pennies and bringing it back yeah. and cooking yourself than you are some of those. Um, you're about Toronto. I have not. Got to check out Toronto. Incredible restaurant. Yeah. And what's really cool about Toronto, it's so easy to get around to. It's clean. It's beautiful. It's just my favorite city besides Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is, you can get any type of cuisine and really good. Yeah, I heard it's really amazing. Really. The Portuguese community up there is huge. Indian community. Mm-hmm. There's two Chinatowns. Mm-hmm. It's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. I think I'd like, I'd like to see a little bit more of that type of cuisine here in Pittsburgh. As they that would more, be great. Yeah, traditional ethnic cuisine. Um, I, I do think, you know, we are lacking yeah. a bit. Do we have enough Italian Yeah, we do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you might, exactly. We do. Enough, enough steakhouses and enough Italian restaurants. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, yeah, Toronto just an amazing city for restaurants. And then on, on top of that, you have you know, the cultural side of things. You got everything. You got the Royal Canadian Museum. Mm-hmm. You have uh, opera and uh, you name it. I mean, they have nightlife, sports, that's thing, the parks. Just, just unbelievable. Just a great city. Yeah, I definitely need to do more, more traveling as far as just getting out um, and just exploring other cities. I honestly don't travel. I love travel, but I just don't get to as much as I like. It was over in Italy, though, recently. Oh, really? Yeah, not too long ago, which was wow. a great experience. I honestly, they say you gained 10 pounds. I probably gained 15. It was, oh, really? Yeah, it was a lot of pasta. Really, oh, it was just, it was just crazy. Like, it was all day. Plus, mm. like, you know, for lunch, you had some wine. And then you're in Italy, too, so, like, you, you pass by, like, the best cannoli, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And you have cannoli, and then, you know, a block later, it's like the best water. You're not going to have it. It was like that for 10 days. Oh, yeah. But 10 that's, days. That's, it was an amazing experience. I actually got to stay on an agriturismo, which is like a little, what uh, we call bar day. Mm-hmm. Um, I bet in breakfast where <clears throat> like 90% of what they serve you is actually grown there. Oh. Yeah. So, like, they cut like 
everything was amazing and fresh right there uh, on the on the front or on the farm. I assume you had some pizza. We didn't have pizza. They're not not as much as I like. I, I ate a lot of. We were in a Sorrento, um, the coastal town, so there's a lot of seafood. Uh, we stayed in Naples for a minute. We flew into Naples, but I don't. If you've ever been to Naples, it's, it's quite chaotic uh, to get around. No, close to it. Okay. Close to it, yeah. Um, but it was that's where you're supposed to have the pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, to have the best pizza there, but we were just trying to get out of there um, to our next destination. Um, so unfortunately, I missed out on the on the pizza over there. Next time. Yeah, next time for sure. Wow, that's great. But uh, yeah, the way the way Pittsburgh though, let's get back to back home. Basically, way it's come along with the restaurants, and bars, mm-hmm. and, uh, the whole the whole scene the last few years, food trucks, mm-hmm. uh, and the pop ups that are happening. Oh yeah. And, uh, what I think is really cool is the collaboration between different uh, restaurants and breweries and wineries. Um, I think. My perception is historically, it is a competitive environment, but historically, I think different restaurants were less likely to collaborate because they were competing against each other. Mm-hmm. Where I think you, this newer generation of restaurants are very collaborative oh, yeah. and working with each other and promoting each other, which I think is, is really cool and amazing. That's refreshing. It is refreshing. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you, by yourself, you have a good idea. You know, together you have a Amazingly awesome idea. So they, I think that that's really cool, and I hope that that trend continues. I think it will. Um, they do all these little pop events, you know, having dinners. Um, Kate Romaine from East Square oh, yeah. has, you know, those pop up dinners in very unique places. I mean, what was on the bridge? <laughs> I missed that one. I missed that one, but I think that that uh, that's that's really cool. Um, the dinner in Blanc that's coming here, as far as um, you know, having those dinners where everyone's dressed white is, is really a cool concept Oh, yeah, I, well. some, I read something about that. Yeah. And this is what it started in Montreal. But I, saw, I saw a picture yeah. out of the Plaza Arts in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Like, they were high and tall, basically. Yeah. And I was like, wow, look at that. I, I, I think it was the first I heard of it. Yeah, I, I haven't really, I mean, other than the one article I just published, I haven't heard much about it, but I think it's a really cool concept, and, and I hope to have a good one you're going soon, and then also the Dinner Lab. Um, yeah, I, I read about that. Yeah, too. which I think is a great idea because a lot of times you have chefs that, you know, I talk to a lot of chefs that want to open up their um, place, but they just don't have the means at this point, you know, that they're still working to, you know, because it takes a certain amount of capital to, you know, even get financed to open up your own restaurant. So, you know, some of these young, young guys are still working towards that. But this uh, dinner lab can give them an opportunity to showcase their talents um, and hopefully maybe gain some investors or, mm-hmm. you know, um, help them along in their career, so I think it's a really great thing. Yeah, it's a great idea, and I think that started in Austin, I believe. I think that was New Orleans. Oh, New Orleans? New Orleans, yeah. Well, they know something about <laughs> Yeah, they know. I should have mentioned that. New Orleans, New Orleans is... It, uh, 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 see, I've never gotten there. I've always I've got to get to New Orleans. I don't know how I didn't mention New Orleans. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it's off the top. Is it really? Yeah. Oh. Oh, it's just a great place to go because you do almost do feel like you're, you know, in another country, the vibe of it, like the, from the music. Move right? a little slower, though. Well, not, I, I think it was slower, but the, you know, it's it's just got this pulse yeah. to it. You know what I mean? It's just got like, the music and the jazz, and it's like nothing. I don't know. I, I am amazed. I a lot of people think we're unbelievable. They are unbelievable. Um, a lot of people are like, I don't know about New Orleans. And friend, I think they're friendly people. I I love yeah. it there. Yeah, I've been there a handful of times, and it's. Just, Really, really great. So be careful when you go because it can be really, really hot there. But, oh, that, yeah. I went once during Mardi Gras, and I, I, I will not go back during Mardi Gras. Wow. <laughs> I'm a little bit too old for that. That was. That it's was, as bad as they say. It's as bad as yeah. they say. Yeah. yeah. Whatever you have in your mind about Mardi Gras, yeah, I probably would take it up a notch because oh. it was it was it far exceeded my expectations and, <laughs> and what goes on there. But it's really it's pretty cool. Wow. One bucket list, I like doing one. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah I know. I've got to get there. But yeah, you, you've got to get to Toronto. Unbelievable. I'll put it on the list for sure. And uh, i got to get back to New York. So, and I love I love New York City. I mean, New York's New York. So, yeah, a couple of friends and I are doing a trip in the fall. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Very much for that. Oh, so, so good. Anything you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
and just loved it. Wish it would stay longer, but next time. Um, anything you wanted to mention before we wrap it up here? Mention your site? Um, yeah, I mean, if you're interested in, you know, learning a little bit more about the restaurant business or you have a restaurant, you know, just need, um, you know, any kind of consulting services, financing services, um, the website is thefrankoadvisors.com. You can go on and check it out. Um, you know, we're going to meet with you at your place. We just want to make it convenient. Um, it's a really exciting time for Pittsburgh right now in the restaurant scene. Uh, and I'm very much looking forward to the next year and all the new places that are coming out. Uh, there are there are quite a few. There's so many. I don't know what to say. Like I like to think I'm in the know when someone tells me about places and I had never heard of it before. So hard to keep up. I know. Or then you'll you'll someone will say, Oh, such and such place just opened and it was a place you heard about like six months ago and you're like, Oh, that's right, I forgot all about that and now they're open. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, so a lot going on. A lot going on. A lot going on. There's so much quality. There's a lot of quality out there. Absolutely. Those who stay on top of it will stick around. Absolutely. Like anything else. Well, I want to thanks a lot, Jerry, for being a guest today. Oh, thank you Jerry, so much. Uh, and uh, next week, um, next week I'm I'm working on a guest for next week. But the week after that, I'm trying to remember all. And the week after that, I'll have novelist Janice, uh, Janice Lane Palco will be on the May, well, 17th, I'm getting my, my Sundays mixed up here. I took a couple of weeks off. But I uh, want to uh, thank you all for listening, and thanks to Carrie once again for being on today. Thank you. Thank you. That's going to do it, folks. We'll see you next week. And I'll have a guest on. Don't worry. Bye. Okay. There we go.